Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of Priority Status. This is Amy Ogden, Senior Vice President of Brand at J Public Relations. Today's guest is Lindsay Faberet Diona. She's the founder of the Hotel Perch. This is a revenue management consultancy for boutique hotels. And Lindsay started the company just about two years ago. She did this after spending many years traveling the globe as a hotel expert with Mr. and Mrs. Smith. To say she's my most fabulously traveled friend is an understatement. And today she's going to talk about ways that hotel owners and leaders within hotel brands can target their right audience, stand out um, among the competition, and leverage the changing space of technology to impact their brand and build their books. Thanks for listening. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, We're so happy to have you here today. I know that I introduced you um, at the intro, but I would love for you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Yeah, thanks so much. So my name is Lindsay. I have my own revenue management um, consultancy for boutique hotels. I've worked in the boutique hotel industry or in the travel industry for about 11 years now. And it's just something that I have so much passion for. I think boutique hotels are just beautiful and quirky and fun. And I love that you can be staying for four nights in a hotel and then open a cupboard and just be delighted by something that you see behind that door, which you never would have seen, you know, noticed originally. So yeah, I love the industry and I love doing revenue management. And um, that's where my kind of company was born from. That's, that's great. How did you get into the hotel industry? Sort of give us a little bit of your, your career history. How did you get into this? My background. Yeah. So I started in the industry working for Mr. and Mrs. Smith, who uh, I'm, a lot of industry people will know. They're kind of beloved boutique hotel uh, guidebook, or rather they started as a guidebook and they're now also website too. Um, and I started with them in London and I was basically matching um, travelers with the right hotel you know one property might be perfect for one person but another traveler would have different interests and would just not be the right person for it at all so that was my job kind of uh, connecting the traveler to the right hotel how did you do that did you visit the hotels and experience them Yes, there were a lot of fam trips um, and Is honestly that as glamorous as it sounds <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's great. That's great. Awesome. I love hearing that. (laughs) It was a good job. Um, Yeah. I mean, being able to see all of the hotels in person, obviously when you're able to sleep in the bed and drink a cocktail at the bar and have a massage at the spa, you're able to sell it so much more passionately. Um, So visiting a hotel was always so key. But other than that, I mean, just loving boutique hotels and loving the nature of travel in the industry, I would just kind of sit and read and and learn about all the different brands and everything. Because one moment you'd be speaking to a guest about a hotel in India and the next minute you'd be talking about a, you know, weekend away in the Cotswolds and then you'd be talking about, you know, one, you know, weekend in New York. So you had to really know the whole kind of industry as a, you know, overall. You really do. We like to say at JPR, we say this in the most kind way, but that we're hotel nerds. We, yes. we really kind of can get into a hotel. like And like you said, not just a beautiful lobby or a comfortable mattress, but we get excited about, you know, the back end of it and how it runs like such a machine and how 
a hotel is tasked every moment of every day. Um, it's tasked with feeling like home for so many people who, while they may come with a similar mission of relaxing, rejuvenating, exploring, they all still have their own personal tastes and preferences. And um, that's quite the challenge to be met. And so it's really exciting when you stay at a hotel that does it right. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what gets people so excited about boutique hotels or about a, about a brand. Um, it really is. Yeah. So take me back. So you you were with Mr. and Mrs. Smith um, living your best life. And then <laughs> about two years ago, you started the Hotel Perch, right? Yeah. So okay. actually, my uh, the end of my career with Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I was actually hotel hunting for them. So I was uh, kind of finding all the boutique hotels in Central America, Mexico, and the Caribbean which was also a lovely job. You're officially my most glamorous friend. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and then after leaving Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I'd been with them for eight and a half years, and I decided that I wanted to start up on my own. And um, I started this revenue management consultancy, which was very different from the role I'd done previously. But I found in the latter um, part of my career with Mr. and Mrs. Smith that I was often advising hotels within my collection, you know, oh, you should you know, you're looking like you're pretty low at this season. We ha we're not sending you bookings through July and August. Have you thought about maybe running a promotion to fill those low, low periods? And I was, you know, oh, you've got a minimum stay of five nights. Is that such a good idea if, uh, you know, you're restricting travelers looking to come for two or three nights? So I was kind of beginning to advise on that level anyway. And that's where the hotel perch came from because I was uh, finding that I was kind of nerding out in that direction. So I just went full force towards it. You just kind of got into it. What does the name the Hotel Perch mean? How did you come <laughs> up with it? I actually don't really know. Just um, inspired? Yeah, I just, cool. uh, it was just kind of like an inspired, I was like, I think I just want to call it the Hotel Perch. I was kind of initially thinking, oh, you're kind of like perching your hotel with, you know, with my business and I'll help you fly, kind of fly away and great success. But uh, yeah, I wish I had a better answer. That's okay. <laughs> I love a good, just, it just hit me in the middle of the night and I knew this was the name. I think exactly. that's great. That's great. So the topic, so today's, today's podcast, it's for all of our listeners. Thank you, kind listeners for listening in. Um, but I think the listeners who are really going to get a lot out of this are the hotel owners, the revenue directors, the directors of sales and marketing. Um, and so we're going to we're gonna dive in. We're going to get a little tactical and we're going to have a little fun with this topic. What we want to talk about today is how a hotel can really target and bring in that right guest. And I know what you guys are thinking. You're like, this seems like the most basic topic I've ever heard. <laughs> but believe it or not, it's not. Um, Lindsay and I were talking about this over the past few weeks in preparation for this podcast. And, you know, we were saying it seems really basic that every hotel owner knows exactly who their target guest is, how to find them, what speaks to them, what'll bring them in, and then what will keep them for long-term loyalty. But in the work you've done with hotels, you've seen some of the soft spots where they could get a little stronger. And so I'm excited for you to talk today to our listeners about ways that they can target their right audience and get pretty granular. Like, how can they use their partners to the best of their abilities to bring in this right guest? Um, and also, you know, this is so important to all of us in the hotel, hotel industry. How can they maximize those direct bookings and have the guests come directly to them rather than through OTAs or third-party bookings? Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like every hotel 
even if you're a Motel 6 up to a Twin Farms kind of level, each hotel has their target market that they're looking at um, and they build their strategies around that. So with a lot of the clients that I work with, it's first of all really understanding what kind of you know, market they want to bring to their hotel. Um, and then from that, you can build your kind of rates and structure and from the revenue and the rates, the sales and marketing plans kind of flow from that. Um, in terms of working with partners and OTAs, um, they're definitely uh, the kind of, you know, the nature of the beast is that you do have to, you know, work with some of the larger ones, the Booking.com and the Expedias. And I think a lot of, especially smaller um, hoteliers would initially be like, well, why am I giving away X percent per booking to, you know, this, uh, you know, you know, one of these OTAs. Um, but there is a reason why you, they are good to work with. Um, there's a billboard effect when you're working with an OTA, you know, a small independent hotelier will placed in Anguilla, for example, will not be able to reach a market as far over as Asia. So when you're using one of those larger OTA platforms, they're able to reach that client for you that you wouldn't be able to do. Just their sheer online marketing power alone, a small independent hotelier wouldn't be able to kind of compete with that. So, you know, it's important to, you know, maybe choose one of, one of those kind of partners to work with, not necessarily just flood your hotel with every single partner, because I think that could actually be in the detriment to your property. And then also understanding what guests you want to have in your uh, in-house and then picking maybe a luxury OTA with it too, um, like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith or um, a tablet or in France you've got um, Splendia. Um, iEscape is a little one that's coming up out of England. Um, it's called iEscape. Yeah, is it I the letter escape. I? I the dash escape? and then escape. Okay, yeah. I'll check. Yeah, that one's new to me. And with those OTAs, just because they have such a wide reach, um, they are good, but they also do help direct bookings too. You know, like I said, they're able to get that client that you might not, or that guest, sorry, that you might not have reached over in Singapore um, for your small property in the Caribbean. Absolutely. Um, what I do, just a little insider tip as someone who works in travel, I go to the OTA site to see what properties are on there. Then I go to the, I go directly, I open a new browser window and go directly to the hotel website to see and learn more. So I almost use it just as a Google search, if you will, for the hotels. Yeah, that's true. I think um, I read an article recently that Cornell a couple years ago ran a study with the Intercontinental Hotel Group, and they were able to kind of track where guests were going before they were booking on the Intercontinental website. And 62% of the people that they were tracking had previously gone on the Expedia site. So, um, yeah. But then in terms of increasing direct bookings, um, there are so many ways that you can do it. So you have you know, the, all the kind of luxury trade partners that you're working with, and then you're also working with, you know, some of the uh, other OTAs. But in terms of increasing your direct bookings, which every hotel owner wants, um, you know, there's very kind of straightforward things that you can do, just having a very clear and easy kind of website. I know the Williamsburg Hotel in New York is one that I reference a lot. I think their website is incredible. Um, the landing page when you first uh, first go on there is one kind of splash image, um, and then it's immediately a kind of very easy booking. Uh, you plug in your dates and then you click search. I mean, it couldn't have, it couldn't be easier. It's it couldn't, the path to right. booking the fewest clicks. I was just reading 
Gartner comes out with their luxury hotel report every year, and I was just reading the one for 2018, and one of the things that consistently ranked hotel groups among their top choices as far as digital competency was ease of booking. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. The more steps there are in the booking process, people are going to abandon their bookings, and you want to have a low abandoned booking rate. You don't want to have too many steps. You don't want to have too many room types, too many promotions, too many options, because people will just get kind of exhausted. I mean, that sounds crazy because you're booking a luxury, uh, you know, break away, but they'll get exhausted and they'll move away from your platform. I say this to brands all the time. I do a lot of speaking at conferences and I specifically speak on sales and marketing. As much as you're a hotel nerd, I'm a sales nerd. (laughs) I can talk sales all day. And, And this isn't just for hotels. It's for all brands. It should be so easy for me to give you my money. That's what I always say. Like, how easy is it for someone to give you their money? Because every click, you're losing them. Every extra page they have to open, you're losing them. Every extra piece of data they have to input, you're losing them. Like, you know, can I book a room through Apple Pay? Can I put my fingerprint on my computer and book that room? Like, we've got to make it, can I book it through Amazon Pay? Like, make it so seamless. I just bought $80 worth of socks right before this podcast through Bombas because they have an amazing email marketing campaign. I love their socks. I always need new ones. And through one click and Amazon Pay, it was done. I think I might have clicked two clicks and the socks are on their way to me right now. They knew my address. They had my credit card information. They knew my preference. Like, and I know that's just socks, but it's $80 worth of socks. Like, that's how you do it, you know? Hotels could even look at other brands, I think, as innovators in how to sell faster. Yeah, absolutely. And payment is actually a really good point. I think if you're having credit card issues or payment gateway issues on your website and it happens just one time, well, then you've lost that customer because they're probably going to go and book somewhere else and then you're going to be paying that person a commission. If you're the owner of a hotel group listening right now, I want you to pause this, come back to it, but I want you to pause this. I want you to go online right now and try to book a room at your hotel. And I want you to set a timer on your phone and I want you to tell me how long it takes. And then go back to your team and challenge them to get that down by 20%. Yeah, that's a great, great recommendation. If I always make sure with my clients that once a month we do test bookings on all of the websites because it's super important to know A, how long it takes, B, how frustrating it can be, see if we can streamline it any better. And every time we were able to take one checkbox away or one extra page away or you know whatever it is that you can remove from that process is super important. And another thing with direct bookings, having very strong imagery and extremely strong video content now too. Um, you want to keep that customer on your website. Um, authentic travel reviews are also beginning to pop up on direct hotel websites now because you don't want someone to be looking on your hotel and then go off to TripAdvisor because now with the way TripAdvisor is, they've got all of the meta search pricing and they're going to suddenly be seeing 12 different websites popping up. They're going to be reading reviews, but there's also going to be 12 different websites that they can then book your hotel on. So the more that you can keep that customer on your hotel page with engaging content, imagery, video, um, and reviews, the better. You don't want them dropping off. Absolutely. You want them staying there. You know, something else with direct bookings that I just thought of as we were sitting here, so feel free to tell me if I'm off mark. You know, we look at 
um, specifically OTA sites and Google. Google should not be discounted as another mm. platform that is absolutely creating a barrier between the direct bookings and the hotel. Um, if you are a hotel owner, stop right now and research how Google is taking over the booking space. Um, it's impacting you more than you think. You're spending too much time thinking about Airbnb and not enough time thinking about Google. It's just a little side note there, but I do think that's really important. But I just thought of this. One area that Google um, and the OTAs are not able to infiltrate is your social media channels. You own those. And while certainly the algorithms come into play, what about using your, let's use Instagram, for example, Instagram as a way to um, promote more direct bookings. What are some ways that hotels could do that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're seeing, especially on hotel websites, now you're seeing links straight to the social media. Um, that's becoming increasingly common. But then that's sending people to your social media, but getting people from your social media to your website to booking. Um, you know, Facebook does have a kind of booking option now for hotels. Instagram hasn't reached that point yet, as far as I'm aware. They are with some properties. And so I would say, I would say, let's dive deep. You guys, if you own or run a hotel, I want you to look at your social media and how you can be using that to drive direct bookings, because that's one frontier so far that you still fully have ownership of, aside from the algorithm, um, deciding what content gets seen by people. But for instance, Maybe on your Instagram channel, in your Instagram bio, it links to your booking page, not just your homepage, mm -hmm. but your booking page. And then make sure that your mobile booking is as seamless as humanly possible. People book hotel rooms on their phones now. I just booked a flight, you know, a few minutes ago on my phone. Like, it's very normal for people to do that. So that's also another great way to increase direct bookings. Oh, it's huge. Mobile platforms, uh, Google uh, now lead with mobile first. So any changes or updates they're doing to their platform, they do mobile first and then um, PC second. And when one of my clients I started with, when I s began my work with them, I realized that they weren't selling online on their mobile platforms at all. Uh, they were, but not to the extent that they could have been. So after a lot of kind of clear up and clean up and reassigning and mapping and everything of the rate codes and the rooms, their mobile business, I think, has gone up, I mean, like 580%. That sounds like a lot. I mean, they were getting like 10 bookings. You know, right. I mean, it's not, it's, it's, all, it's all relative. But, but that's still great. Oh, huge. That's and mobile, huge. mobile is, is very, very strong now. And also having a good social media, going back to that, there are a lot of hotels that, you know, that it's only one hotel. There's a property in Marrakesh. I forget its name, but they have eight rooms. It's a Riyadh. Um, and I think they have about 90,000 followers on their uh, Instagram. Incredible. And having that uh, kind of following, you then get picked up by magazines and newspapers and PR agencies, and you really just get, you're building your own exposure and it's free. It's your social media handle that you can then utilize to the best of your uh, you know, abilities. Yeah, you really are. And if you're working with the right social media team or if you have the capabilities in-house, we do this at JPR for our clients who use us for social media we embed the Facebook pixel um, on the various touch points of their website. And then when we run the paid ads on Instagram and Facebook, we're able to show them um, who clicked on an Instagram ad and then booked a room. We can show actual revenue. So like, for example, 
in the last six months of 2018, we have a hotel on the beach in Florida that um, we spent like $1,700 in Facebook and Instagram ads, and we booked $950,000 in room nights for them, um, directly attributed to someone clicking on the ad and booking a room. So you can show hard ROI and dollars through social like you never were able to. And so um, I think that's a really good point too, is just to continue, like, don't, I, I don't know, don't get, don't get comfortable. Don't get comfortable. The, the platforms are changing every day. Google changes how they um, sort information every day. Like Lindsay, like you were just saying, they, they give preference to mobile. Instagram and Facebook are changing the game every day. So there are ways to really drive those direct bookings if you do your homework and stay really on top of these platforms or find a good partner who does it for you. One thing I would love is for Instagram to, if you have a lot of followers, you're able to on the Instagram stories, swipe up and, uh, you know, book or yeah. buy something. And I would love them to roll out that feature for um, people with not as many followers, because I think hotels could really utilize that facility yeah. for people just like you were saying on their bio page, you can just click on the uh, link Absolutely. and book. So um, I might be wrong, but I don't think I am. If you pay for Instagram story ads, you do not have to have 10,000 followers and you can swipe up and book. That is correct. If you do pay for an ad, yes, exactly. that is right. And this is another topic for another day. Instagram and Facebook ads have never been cheaper and they will never be cheaper again. They're about 3 to $8 a CPM. They're going to go up exponentially over the next few years. So if you're listening to this now, you got to double down on your Instagram and Facebook advertising, get those followers, get that data, build that loyalty. The price is going to increase so much over the next few years, and you're going to wish you had done it now. Totally. Let's I just agree. stop talking now. Let's go. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. That's <laughs> great. I hope people are taking notes. <laughs> you're getting a lot of really good free advice here. No, this is, that's great. Um, so, so let's talk about the competitive space. And I like to think of it more as the collaborative space. Um, there is enough success in the world for everyone. And when one person's light shines, everyone else's shines too. Um, however, it's important to differentiate and it's important to stand solidly in who you are and the brand you've built within your market. So when you're working with hotel owners, um, and, and leadership at hotels on how to maintain their position in their marketplace, what are some of the things that you, do, that you work with them on or direct them on? With competitor markets, it's extremely important that you have your defined comp set. Um, I definitely have worked with clients in the past that haven't had one set. It's very easy to do, but it's also so important when you're working in your hotel and you're there 24 hours a day, seven days a week, it is important to get out and get in the car and go and have lunch at a neighboring hotel and to understand what your neighbors are doing. And, you know, if they're doing something great in their bar or if they're doing something really fun over new year or you know whatever it is and it's not to copy it but it's just to understand what guests at other hotels are experiencing um it's a great point you know i think a lot of um a lot of hoteliers you know they'll go on their website or they'll visit their social but like you said book a room go have dinner sit in the lobby Oh, I'm yeah. a big fan of a staycation. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that would be, I mean, that is extremely important for people to do and to continue doing it, just doing it one time and then forgetting about it. It's important to keep understanding what your competitors are doing. Um, and also understanding for, for your particular destination, is the demand increasing for your destination or is it kind of staying the same? Um, 
is the is the share of the pie increasing or do you have to kind of you know kind of nibble a bit more from that pie um what also, what do you do, like, what if you're the dog that caught the car? For instance, um, the New York Times came out with their 52 places to go list. Uh, I think it came out a bit ago, but it really hit yesterday on um, everywhere. And number one was Puerto Rico. And I'm so proud to say we represent several hotels in Puerto Rico. And I mean, we all did a dance for them. You know, that's so exciting, right? Um, so what do you do if you're a hotel and not only are you in a good market, but suddenly that's the place to go. How can you kind of take that tailwind and run with it? I think it's important in those uh, instances, if you are um, a hotel in Puerto Rico and you're suddenly getting this big shout out, um, to really look at how you can strategize for the year to come. Who is your PR company? Who are the sales reps that you're working with? having a look at your revenue and how you manage it and what your rates are sitting, looking at your competitors. Are you underselling compared to them? Are you overselling? Just really kind of, if you're getting that type of exposure, take that huge opportunity to really boost your hotel to that next level because so many people are reading and um, aware of, of, your, uh, of your country. That's great. You know, when you talk about maintaining your position in the marketplace within your competitive set, I loved what you said about actually go experience the competitive set as if you were a guest. Um, also, I think basic things, set up Google alerts for your competitive set. Just make sure you know anytime they're mentioned, we use at JPR for our clients um, a really beautiful technology platform where um, when we monitor their press coverage, we monitor it against they're set. So we can not only say we received this many press hits in you know, these geographic locations and hitting these target markets, but we can show them where they fit in with the space. And I think that's really important too. What are some other metrics when you're working with hotels that they can measure against their competitive set? Not always even just to be beating the competition, because that's a little bit, um, that's just sort of, just not, I don't think where our spirits are, but like to know that they are very strongly, have created their own identity within this space. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, creating your own identity in a market really comes from within the hotel. So it's looking at what you're doing from within your own property. Whilst it's super important to keep aware of what your competitors are doing and what you were saying about, um, sign, you know, I sign up for e-coms for all of, uh, all of the kind of competitors around the, my clients because I just like to see what messages they're sending out to their mailing list. Um, but it's really important to just kind of keep things fresh from within your hotel. You know, having little Instagrammable spots from within the property and, you know, amenities, for example. I feel like a lot of hotels now are trying to really cut down to the bottom line and are removing some of those luxury kind of perks that you used to get when you were when you arrived. But, you know, if you've been traveling a long way, maybe you need like a little caffeine shot when you arrive or a fresh bottle of water or, um, you know, whatever it is that a hotel might decide to kind of offer. Those luxury amenities are what a traveler is going to really remember, something that they're getting for free, you know. Those memorable value. moments. When you were a hotel hunter for Mr. and Mrs. Smith, what was one of the coolest or most memorable in-room amenities that you experienced? One thing that stands out for me the most is the Greenwich Hotel in New York. And it wasn't necessarily an amenity. It's my favorite hotel. I adore I mean, the hotel. You guys, I need to stay there. 
I know. I really want to stay there. I got kicked out of the, I got kicked. I tried, I tried a friend of mine who works in the hotel space. We tried to have cocktails in the, you know, like the garden area. And of course it took like three seconds and they kicked us out. We tried, but, um, oh, it's so special. It's beautiful. What, how do they make, how is that so special? Well, one thing that they do so well at the Greenwich, and I don't know if they still do it because I haven't stayed with them for a couple of years, but the thing that stood out for me the most in terms of amenities was that their mini bar was free. And right. I don't know if they still do that, but the thinking that behind it, the sales manager at the time told me that, you know, if you're spending $600 a night to stay in a hotel, they don't want to nickel and dime you for your bag of M&Ms no. or, you know, a, a half bottle of wine that they've yeah. got in the uh, It's in like, the do you bar. really need $2.99 or do you want like a happy, the Rancho Valencia, um, one of the most spectacular resorts that I have had the pleasure of staying at several times. Thank you, J Public Relations. Um, we stay there for our retreats every year is the, the bar is complimentary and it is just so nice to get to your room at 11 o'clock at night and rip into a bag of M&Ms and not have to think about it or be like, am I going to get in trouble for expensing this or can I just buy it? Or like, it's just, I just want a Dorito or something, you know, and just to be able to have it. Absolutely. Um, if it's you've been funny, right? Yeah. That, if you've been like, traveling a long yeah. time, you want to sit down and have a pretzel, not worry about the $8 yes. tag that you're going to be paying at the end of it. Yeah. The Greenwich also have done something very smart with their rates. Um, the, again, I don't manage their rates or revenues, so their directives might have changed, but even just like looking at uh, their website in the past couple of weeks, they are a New York City hotel, and most city hotels are very dynamic with their pricing, and their rates will fluctuate on almost a hourly basis, if right. not more. Yeah. Um, but the Greenwich have a very high level of rate integrity, um, and they will really pretty much only ever sell at kind of six ninety five and above, and... Um, I, because of that, they get a very, I think that's what makes it so special because, right. you know, they are obviously concerned about the bottom line. They want to have high occupancy, but because of that and because of all the, you know, how beautiful the interiors are and how big the rooms are for New York City and because of the complimentary mini bar, those kind of things are what gets people coming back. It sure is. One of my best friends leads sales for Firmdale Hotels and the Crosby and Soho and the Whitby and Midtown. And they have several properties in um, London as well. And I think similarly, they, um, in fact, they're not even on OTAs. I think they're on Mr. and Mrs. Smith and maybe Tablet. And same thing with the rate integrity. And it's and it's the just the purpose is this just is what it costs. This is what it costs for us to create and maintain this experience. And you can't discount what it costs you to create it and what it costs you to maintain it. So why would you discount what it costs to experience it? Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that rate integrity does maintain a certain guest profile for that hotel that fits that hotel. Yeah. And it's yeah. a bold and it's a brave strategy. And it pays off for them. I mean, as a result, for many, many years these properties have been some of the best in their market. Absolutely. Um, so they're doing something right. And it's difficult, especially yeah. in a city where, you know, the rates are going to plummet, you know, all of a sudden they'll go from 300 a night down to 175 a night. You know, it's difficult for them to stay strong at that level that they do. It can be. But again, I think we're talking sales and revenue. There's something mental um, about moving your rates up and down and up and down. I remember I was listening to a podcast with Tim Ferriss, who I just love and respect so much. And he was talking about speaking engagements 
And he said, I either charge full rate or I give it away for free. I don't offer anything in between because the brain power it takes, and I know that hotels use technology, obviously, but he said the brain power it takes to constantly be analyzing and justifying. He said, it's either my full rate or it's a gift and that's it. And I thought, what a smart way to do things. It's either just full price or it's a gift to the industry that you can just have it. No, you know, I don't charge at all. And so yeah, I think that rate integrity is important. But man, I do love a complimentary mini bar. I know, isn't it great? Right? It's so good. Man, 11 p.m. M&Ms just make me so happy. And then <laughs> I don't feel like I have to eat the whole thing. Because if I paid like $7 for it, I'd be like, well, I got to eat every M&M. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just funny. Um, we talked a little bit about the changing space of technology and how it impacts hotel owners, marketers, revenue managers, um, is there anything else on the tech side that we should be really watching right now? The tech side is changing so fast that it's so difficult to so keep up fast. with it. I mean, every single day there are new platforms that are coming out, new softwares. Um, so it's difficult to keep on top of everything that's happening, but it's extremely important to travelers these days. They want to even from the beginning, from the booking process, they're booking online. They don't really want to have to pick up the phone and speak to a reservations team all the way to when they're arriving at the property and experiencing their time there. So the way that software is from concierge service apps to um, yeah, revenue management softwares to property management platforms, you know, it's so important to understand what's out there. And it's a huge change for a hotel if they are working with a PMS, but it's not working for them. To make that change to another platform is huge because there's training involved in all departments from front of house to reservations to revenue to housekeeping. Everybody has to go undergo training to move all of their information and knowledge to this new platform. But it doesn't mean that you should just stick with what you've got because it's easier to do that. If you're able to move to and work with software, which is better for your hotel and for your brand, it's going to ultimately convert more bookings and bring more guests to your platform or able to capture better data. Right. I know a lot of hotels really struggle with having guest information. Just, you know, when you're working with third parties, especially sometimes you're not passed through the extranet the first name, last name, address, kid's name, email address. So the pressure is really heavily on front office to capture that information when a guest is arriving or departing. It really is. Um, I think the technology side, it's fascinating to me from all aspects. Absolutely revenue and the back end, you know, spending less, making you know, more, um, being smarter and more streamlined on the technology side. And then also the guest experience on technology. Even I was staying at the Dream Hotel in Hollywood a couple of months ago, which I just, it's such a pretty, God, it's such a pretty hotel. I love it so much. And um, everyone who works there wears an Apple Watch. And those Apple Watches do everything from unlock doors to release the elevator to go up to floors. And it's just so, it's exciting to me when I see hotels embracing technology from the back of the house to the front of the house. Because the hotel space, especially I think the boutique hotel space, has, it's a bit steeped in heritage and it has a certain, um, you know, it, it has a certain classic nature, but at the same time, technology is moving in all areas from social media to your website and mobile to um, back of house revenue management software and the right experts to help you develop that. 
and even your front of house team and, and knowing when someone checks in that it's their 10th visit and not their first and thanking them for coming back. And see the Apple watch idea from, from dream that you were just referring to that has you talking about it. You know, it's, it's a big leap of faith sometimes for a hotel brand to invest money in this little startup idea, which You know, it might sound, you know, crazy when they're sitting in a boardroom and they're being told, you know, this is what's going to happen to your brand and your hotel and we're going to do this. And they're like, okay, I think I'm just going to have to blindly believe that this is going to be good. But look, it works. We're talking about it now. It does. It works. And, and the reason it works is because it just makes the process feel seamless. And that's what most guests want, right? We want to travel like we live and your home is set up for you. And obviously we can't expect a hotel to be exactly perfect for everyone, but there are ways to make it work that feel seamless. And like we said at the beginning, the fewest clicks, the lowest barrier to entry, make it so easy for me to give you my money and then make it so easy for me to stay with you. you yeah, know? I agree. I stayed at a hotel in Vegas recently and I woke up in the morning and I had an email on my um, a message in my email from them. And it was like, oh, you can check out just click on the button and there you go, you're checked out. And I said, oh, that's so easy. Thank so yeah. I clicked on the button, even though we weren't leaving for another few hours, but it didn't say that you should wait. So I clicked on the button. We went downstairs for breakfast, came back up and we were locked out of our room. Oh no. <laughs> so then we had to go Good all try. the way back down to front office and it's Vegas. So there are a lot of people in the line all checking in and that was a little bit of a breakdown in the, uh, in the software That's there. That's a good example of <laughs> test your product. Like we said earlier, go onto your website, try to book a room. Yeah. Um, but I love the idea. I love the idea. I love it the was, idea. Uh, it's not like it's a little guest house in Italy where you can just easily walk down and speak to someone. It was, you know, you'd go across the casino floor. It's down in a long line. Yeah. But- oh, gosh, no. Vegas, <laughs> Vegas hotels are not messing around. You mentioned something in passing earlier that I want to circle back to um, as sort of our last wrap-up point here. You mentioned that you sign up for the e-newsletters of the hotels. I, am, I mean, it will, be, it will be written on my tombstone. I believe in email marketing. I really do. I, I also think it's one of the few paths of communication, marketing, branding, and sales that is still direct to consumer. Um, and I still, the open rates are shockingly high and the conversion rates, $80 socks, you know, like shockingly high that people will act on email marketing. And I know socks are different than a three night vacation, but, um, but tell me more about from a revenue standpoint, revenue and, um, and sales standpoint, what are your thoughts on email marketing and how can hotel owners and leaders in hotel brands really leverage this tool? So email marketing is super strong and it's really important that when you do send a message to your database, that it comes with a strong message behind it. We all receive so many emails on a daily basis and most of them you're just going to throw straight in your drunk without even reading it or opening it. So it's really important that when you are sending an email to your guests, whether they're past guests or guests that are due to come, that you're really putting a strong message behind it. If it's like a, you know, a happy story from the hotel or if it's a summer promotion or if it's you know sharing imagery from a past festive season or summer season it's really important that when you're sending something out you're not just doing it to be like hi there how you doing checking in yeah just checking (laughs) in still here (laughs) it's so important that you use that time to really push a message across and also I received an email just last week from a hotel down in Mexico and there were spelling mistakes all over it. 
And that's just such a shame because they got me to the point of opening the email and reading it, and then there were spelling mistakes and things like that or um, imagery which isn't high res or um, if you're not able to, you know, if there's... Or a call to action, right? Like, I, I'm blown away, kind of like you said, like, well, we're still here. Like, and a call to action, you don't have to have something new to say something new. Um, yeah, having not only um, an engaging subject line, a beautifully laid out, easy to read email campaign, and a strong, specific call to action. If you just have those three things, you're winning. I, I, I also sign up for a lot of email newsletters because I love them. And you know who I think does a really, really good one is Standard Hotels. I think theirs are um, edgy, eye-catching, engaging. They very almost always have a very strong call to action. I think they do a great job with them. The Standard have done an incredible job at building a really, really strong brand. Um, and that is so obvious from the minute you walk into a standard hotel to when you're opening an e-com to when you're sitting in one of their restaurants, you know, whatever it is that the standard do, they make sure that their brand is super strong throughout. And I have so much respect for, um, a hotel company when they're able to achieve something and achieve it so well. I remember the Viceroy group is one similar. They have very distinct scents in their um, hotels. The Viceroy in Santa Monica, when you walk in, it, you just get hit by this kind of lemon-lime um, sense. And it's so beautiful and so distinctive to them. That kind of thing. I know we're going off No, I love this stuff. Here, no, I love this stuff. Yeah, the scent memory and how the hotels will brand their scents and consistently have them. I love that new hotel smell, too. That's so good. It's so good. I'm to hotel nerds here. Um, so as we wrap up, as as we've already stated, you are my most fabulous friend now. Uh, hearing everywhere you've traveled and what you've done, where are you going in 2019? 2019. So I've only planned Q1 so far. All right, let's talk. I only, I only go three months in advance. <laughs> let's talk Q1. So Q1, I am doing New Orleans for a weekend, which fun. I'm very excited for. Very fun. Um, I'm staying at the Ace Hotel down there, which I've not stayed at before. Very cool. I haven't been to that hotel. Yeah, I'm excited. Good. I think uh, a weekend in New Orleans, everyone should do that. Like, Just eat all the food. Yeah. So good. And just enjoy bourbon. Just yes. pass by Bourbon Street. You got to do just it. have a cocktail. Yeah. Maybe two. At least once. <laughs> um, and then after that, I'm going to be going down to uh, France in April. Okay. Where in France? Uh, I actually haven't decided where yet. I okay. know that we're going to stop through Paris, and Got then we're it. not quite sure where we're going to go from there. But it's France. We're gonna it's f- France. Even when I was in college, I spent a summer in Aix-en-Provence, France, in the south of France. And it was one of the most magical places I've ever been. So if you're looking for thoughts, I would check out X, A-I-X. Yeah, I agree. X is beautiful. It's beautiful. I want to go back. I need to go back. It smells like lavender fields. I love trying to get to France outside of peak season too. Mm-hmm. I love it in July and August, but if you're able to go in that kind of those shoulder months in April, May, June, or kind of September, October, it's so beautiful at that that's time of year. That's when to go. Oh, that's a great, I love to give the insider tips. Okay, listeners, if you don't work in the industry, shoulder season is where it's at. So shoulder season is that buffer season between high season and low season. Every market, theirs are different based on, it's usually based on weather. So it's when the weather is the nicest is going to be high season. And of course, low season is when the weather is the worst. Shoulder season's where it's at. The crowds are lighter. 
the rates are usually more reasonable and it's still really nice. Maybe you'll wear a light jacket rather than a t-shirt, but like you'll still really get to experience the destination and not feel like you're battling the crowds. My hot tip would be the Caribbean in December prior to festive. There the you go. rates are very affordable. You're, you have beautiful weather. Uh, it's not so busy. Shoulder season, it's 100% where, it at, where it's at. Yeah. I agree. I'm a big shoulder season girl. All right, so you're going to New Orleans. You're eating all the gumbo, and then you're going to go to France and eat all the baguettes, and then anything else? I'm going to dive into beignets, too, when I'm oh, in New God, Orleans. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. Both of them. Both <laughs> Actually, yeah. Both in France, cities. I'll do it, too. <laughs> Just a beignet, beignets. Oh, my gosh. Okay, beignet all day. Beignet all day. And then I'm not sure. You know, we'll just see how the year goes. You're kind of going to go just to... See what I happens. End up in L.A. or, you know, wherever, wherever it is. I just kind of bounce around throughout the year. I think last I year it. I went to about 18 different cities. So I'm sure that'll happen this year. Wow. Yeah. Well... This was great. This was really fun. I didn't know talking about hotel revenue could be so fun. It's true. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. I try and make it fun, although we definitely went around the like uh, genre of uh, hotel revenue, but yes. Okay. I love it all. Um, So Lindsay, so you all know, I guess I should have probably said this at the beginning. Lindsay and I met at one of our favorite hotel conferences um, last fall. We're recording this in January 2019. We met in, I think it was October maybe of 2018 here in New York at the William Vale Hotel, also a wonderful hotel, one of my favorites here. Um, And the conference is called, for short, it's called ILC. It's the Independent Lodging Congress. And um, it's just a great conference. And so we met there and got along like a house on fire. And we were chatting one day over one of the breakout sessions. And I said, you need to come on our podcast. So I'm really glad we made this happen. Oh, me too. I'm so glad I came. And yeah, for anybody looking for a different type of industry trade show, the ILC was incredible. It's a really good one. Yeah. I'm headed to, they've one in Miami in February and then again in fall, they'll be back in LA and we'll both be there. I will be there. So we can eat, maybe we can find beignets. Um, (laughs) Lindsay, if people want to find you, learn more about the Hotel Perch, or just ask any questions even, um, how can they find you? Uh, you can go to my website, thehotelperch.com. And that's P-E-R-C-H. P-E-R-C-H, like a parrot perch. Like a parrot perch. Thehotelperch.com. Cool. Okay, great. Um, I also have an Instagram, which isn't f- directly linked to uh, the Hotel Perch, um, but it's called The Pillow Mint. And... I love hotels and I love a good hotel bed. And who doesn't so, love a mint on their pillow? No, everybody loves everyone a mint on loves their a pillow. mint on their pillow. So yeah, so the pillow mint is um, I get uh, imagery imagery which is submitted from so many fabulous travelers from around the world, and I just post different boutique hotels and their beds and. I just dream. So if someone just wants to have some FOMO and yes. they can follow your Instagram. Exactly. Handle. I have FOMO posting. I like FOMO I'm not traveling. Own, yeah. I just post them, but they're beautiful. Oh my gosh. Well, Lindsay, thank you again. This was such a pleasure. And to all of our listeners, as always, it just means the world to us that you take part of your day and join us on this journey that we're all taking together with J Public Relations and Priority Status. And until next time, travel elevated. Bye. Bye.